Welcome to DNA of a Dangerous Church. Get ready for powerful and practical insight on how to let the supernatural power of God loose in your life. Join your host and anointed guests for a crash course of equipping to release God's mighty authority, healing, prophecy, leadership, spiritual warfare, and evangelism. And now, your host, international speaker, author, revivalist, and prophetic voice, Pastor Ren Shuffman. Hey, welcome to DNA of a Dangerous Church. I'm Pastor Ren Shuffman. We have an exciting episode for you today. My friend, Ben Williams, is joining us today. It's so nice to have you on here, Ben. How are you doing? Hey, thanks for having me. It's an honor to be on the show with you. Absolutely. Now, we're, we're talking to Ben today about a new book that he just wrote, Activating Introverts in Evangelism. Okay, it's available right now on Amazon and everywhere else. Uh, so you want to grab that copy, but we're going to talk to him today a little bit about the idea of introverts evangelizing and just introverts in general. Uh, now, Ben, you're an introvert. Am I right? You got it. That's right. Okay. Now, now you, you don't do any public speaking or anything, right? Do I do public speaking? Yes. Yeah, you're, you're yeah, an introvert. Been... You can't do public speaking. That's that's against the rules, right? <laughs> that that's actually a fallacy. There are quite a few people that are public speakers uh, that are introverts, and it actually affords them to be an introvert because what happens is this study that's involved in preparing for it, uh, the introvert is naturally inclined to spend that time uh, in prayer and in study and uh, preparing for it. And so there's actually quite a few people uh, that you might be surprised about that in public when they're when they're out doing their thing, uh, they uh, are, you know, exuberant and you would think that they're not introverts. But, you know, as soon as that part of what they're doing is over, then, you know, they want to run and just be alone with the Lord. They're not out just wanting to talk with everybody. And, and so there's actually quite a few introverts that are great speakers and minister around the world. Amen. So I want to dive into this topic of introverts because it's so interesting in your particular case, because you have written, written this book on evangelism. You've led over 55,000 people to Jesus. That doesn't sound much like an introvert. You know, this is the third book you've written, right? You have the um, basics in 21 days and right. robbing hell, which I use right. that catchphrase all the time because it's just so perfect. So I always say, guys, let's get out there and rob hell. Come on. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just, it just works and it's so true. Yeah. And so, but this one particular, you started to focus on the idea of introverts because I feel like a lot of times they get kind of left, maybe misunderstood or left out of the equation. And so for the introverts that are listening, like talk to us a little bit about what that looks like and why, why this idea of evangelizing for them. Well, on this particular topic, I really want to empower my fellow introverts because uh, in my experience, there's been quite a bit of confusion related to what it means to be an introvert and uh, and also confusion of, of how to be authentic as an introvert when you're wanting to share Jesus with other people. And uh, so um, in, in the dynamics of being an introvert uh, and evangelism, many people don't put them together because what happens is people think that being an introvert means that you're shy. And that's not the same thing. An introvert does not equal being shy. Uh, in fact, I would suggest that I've met people that are extroverts that are shy. 
that around people they don't know, they're like really bashful and kind of put their head down. They don't talk much. And then I catch those same people around their family or around a group that they're comfortable with. And they just talk and talk and talk and talk. You can't get them to shut up. And I'm like, what happened? Who is this person? Just five minutes ago, I couldn't get you to say anything. And now you're just talking. And, and that's where I began to discover that that person's actually shy. They're not an introvert. An introvert will be the same no matter where they're at. And, you know, the, the, the place of an introvert really uh, is where someone is. Uh, I, I say it this way, that an extrovert talks because they're awake. You know, they, they talk maybe even in their sleep. Uh, an introvert talks on purpose. And uh, so what's happened is uh, people... Have you been following me around? What's that? People assume that if, if you don't talk all the time, uh, then you're shy and it's just not true. What introverts need is a way to be authentic and uh, how they share about Jesus. And so uh, this book really tries to, to answer that. Uh, I... I am an introvert and uh, kind of discovered that along the way. And it was through a conversation uh, with Charity Cook, who's one of the leaders at Global Awakening. Uh, in this conversation with her, uh, we've done outreaches together and, uh, you know, just sharing Jesus with people. And one day in a hallway conversation when I was on staff at Global Awakening, she said, you know, one of the things that you really do is you helped me as an introvert be able to share Jesus. And I think that would be really something powerful to help other people. And, and uh, that kind of got the spark going and the, the kind of me thinking in that direction, which ended up becoming this book. Yeah. So I've read the book, you know, uh, I've endorsed the book as well. I was so honored to be able to endorse the book, but when I read it, I realized it wasn't just valuable to introverts while it helped introverts. I mean, to be honest, just my backstory with Ben guys, you know, not only did Ben work for global awakening, Randy Clark's ministry, but he ran their summer program GSI that I always talk about as a turning point, as a moment where I become laser focused in my ministry and signs and wonders mirror miracles just erupt out of my life. So what you guys are seeing today is the result of that 2018 three weeks I spent at GSI. But when I first went to GSI, see Ben ran that program. He was in charge of that. And um, I was so angry at him. I was mad. I remember I went to GSI and second day at GSI, they're like, okay, so you've had a full day here. You're going to go out and witness on the street and heal the sick and raise the dead and cleanse the lepers. And I'm like, I don't even know where any lepers are. Why are you doing this to me? And so he's like, you got to go out there. And I'm like, you haven't taught us any models, how to pray. We, we don't know nothing. And I was furious. I actually went home to my, uh, back to the house. I was staying at my mentor, Dan Mooney, who is now in Ben's position at Global. He, he runs the first year students. He's a first year pastor of the students. And I was throwing a fit. It's part of my story. This, you can make us go evangelize and I'm not going, I'm a grown man. I'm a pastor of a church. I don't have to go out. I, I mean, I was throwing a fit and Dan looked at me and said, I think you have a bad attitude, Ren. And I was like, yeah, I have a bad attitude. On, I know man. I have a bad attitude. And I was <laughs> furious. Okay. Because here's the truth. I felt completely underqualified. I had never gone out and done evangelism. I was scared to death. Uh, that I was going to misrepresent the gospel. Uh, I didn't know how to just walk up to someone and share the simple gospel. Uh, and by the end of that three weeks, I was totally in love with sharing my faith everywhere I went. I got over myself and realized how utterly, totally, so and completely wrong I was. 
I'm an extrovert, but your, uh, the stuff in your book, that what you teach in your book, even helped this extrovert to realize that it wasn't so scary to share the mm -hmm. gospel. And I could share it even if I was uncomfortable. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. And how so many lives have been changed because of that? I just love it. It's so good. On this broadcast alone, over a thousand people a year have given their heart to Jesus since 2020. Come on. J just right yeah. there. We, 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 our church now has evangelism teams. We go out and minister the gospel. We, when we decided to, let me tell you this, Ben, cause you need to hear this testimony. When we decided to move to this building, uh, we moved from the, I call it the posh to the poor. And when we moved here, um, I wanted to see if the harvest was ripe around here. So I sent our team of evangelists to do just street ministry. So they stood in our parking lot to see who came by, just, just who walked by randomly. And in a couple of hours, they led nine people to Jesus Come in street on. ministry, standing in our parking lot and just going down the street. Like yeah. unbelievable. And that's because of what, what you're teaching in this book. So tell me a little bit. So you're, you're an introvert. Talk to the introverts right now. And just how, how do they get out of that? Uh, that place of, of, of what they would consider shyness, which we know is just fear in disguise. Yeah. So I think what, what really needs to happen is taking away some of the misconceptions about introverts and also giving something authentic. So let me deal with misconceptions first. I, I mentioned earlier that being an introvert and being shy are not the same thing. I've met, uh, I've met shy extroverts, you know, it, that I don't, I don't think shyness is a gift from God. Uh, and some people hide behind it as an excuse. And so I, I just want to say, first of all, that you're loved, you're, you're valuable, you're God's dream come true. And that knowing that you're loved many times can free you from being shy. Uh, if you're wired as an introvert, knowing that you're loved won't change that. But there are people that think that it does. They will say things like, if you just, I've heard people say this, if you, if you love Jesus, then you'll witness. And that just always that, that bothered me. Now, I love the loss. The Lord broke my heart for the loss as a child. I used to stay up at night and I'd weep for the lost around the world. I had visions of my heart over different places around the world. And I love seeing the lost come to Christ. But this idea that if you love Jesus, uh, then you will be a witness, I think is, is, uh, is misunderstood and can sometimes shame people. And in other words, maybe if somebody loves Jesus more, they'll spend more time in prayer. You know, maybe it looks like when somebody loves Jesus more that they'll want to be involved in their community or what, you know, fill in the blank. There's all kinds of ways that that can end up looking and to say that the only way it looks is evangelism. Uh, you know, it's like somebody sharing where they're at and that's what it looked like in their life, which is great. But I've seen so many people kind of shamed into evangelism. And what happens is introverts sometimes are only taught how to do evangelism as an extrovert, at least in our stream. I can't speak for, for every stream, but at least in our stream, it seems like the idea of you love Jesus, and that looks like talking to everybody that you see, praying for everybody that you see. And, and what happens is there's actually a conscious violation uh, inside an introvert because they feel like uh, they have to be fake in order to share the truth. And so they feel like they're lying in order to share about Jesus and so they only do it for a certain amount of time where they feel like uh, they're kind of condemned into it. I have to do this as a good Christian and I have to prove that I love Jesus. And, you know, they if I love Jesus, then I'm going to be doing evangelism. But then they also feel like they're lying. They feel like they're a fake. And so it doesn't it doesn't feel authentic. 
And so then they end up not not evangelizing very long uh, or, you know, maybe they get really religious about it. One of those two. And we're not really called to be performers. We're called to be lovers. And this idea that we're doing evangelism to try to perform in some way and prove that we love God. Uh, you know, the, the truth is that we're called to represent love. You know, we're sharing about love himself. And if you don't know that you're loved, it's it's hard to represent him. And so you can enter into this performance thing and say some of the right words, but people don't just hear what you say, they catch what you carry. And if you don't know that you're loved, then you can say some of the right words, but they don't catch the love of God that is supposed to come through all of that. And so introverts end up kind of functioning uh, in this place of shame and condemnation and confusion. And so I want to remove some of that. Some of this book is kind of removing the shame out of being an introvert, that it's not evil and it doesn't mean that you're shy. And, uh, you know, some of these misconceptions and trying to put on you some kind of performance thing that, you know, if you're not talking to every person that you pass by, then, you know, all those people are going to hell and it's your fault and your hands have their their blood on it when you stand before God and this kind of stuff. Uh, and and then with it, you need to have authentic tools that help you, because what I found is a lot of uh, a lot of introverts, they want a meaningful way to interact with, you know, they really want a meaningful way to interrupt somebody's day. Um, they're not going to do it just because, uh, in fact, uh, you know, the I give this example that if if somebody drops, if you drop your wallet somewhere and then somebody says, excuse me, and you dropped your wallet, uh, you're not going to be annoyed that they told you that. But introverts, they won't be annoyed by that either. Uh, they're glad somebody took the time to do it, but it, it meant something. But if somebody came over to them and they're standing by them and, and just started randomly talking, an introvert, you know, they might make a one word reply and then kind of turn their sh shoulder over to say, like, this conversation is done. Uh, you know, they they're they're not not that they're shy. Um, it's that it needs to be something meaningful, it needs to be something on purpose. And uh, so what I try to do in the book is try to give enough stories, examples and real practical help uh, in order to give some some ways to be authentic in being a witness for Jesus. So good. So even as you're talking like that, I feel like th this even applies to to some extroverts. I consider myself to be uh, an introverted introverted extrovert. So uh, I'm fine. I'm very extroverted in, and I feed on uh, being around people. So I know I'm an extrovert. That's where I get my energy. A lot of introverts, it drains them. Mm -hmm. um, but I feed when I'm around people. But if I find myself in a situation where the people I'm around, I don't know, or I'm not positioned in those people, mm -hmm. if I'm not speaking or I'm just there and I don't know them, I, I am very introverted. Like I, and you're right. I don't want to interrupt people. I don't want to uh, say, excuse me. I, even in that situation, I feel like I relate because it has to be a meaningful interruption, just like what you said. Right. So I think there's even some extroverts that feel that exact same way. And that that's, that's what I mean. It's valuable. So it's almost like, um, in the other four four offices of the apostolic gifts, I, I'm an extrovert, but when it comes to to evangelism, I tend to look like an introvert. Does that make sense? I mean, you yeah, know. you know. And what's interesting is uh, our book. I'm, I'm I'm really honored that it has uh, several people that have endorsed it, and and not only that, but several people that have endorsed it that have turned around and 
purchased bulk orders of the book right away as soon as it's come out. It's just been it's been an incredible honor. But uh, on the back of the book, you'll see that there are three uh, three endorsements written out. Yours is one of them, um, but one of them is also uh, Dano McCollum. And in his endorsement, he says he quickly learned uh, that this book is not just for introverts. And because he's not an introvert either. And so as he got into it, he's like, wow, this actually this actually helps uh, helps in a lot of different ways. And so I'm, I'm glad you found it helpful as well. Uh, it came out of um, another book. I, you, you highlighted Robin Hill earlier. Uh, and what happened is I, I started to try to write activating introverts. Uh, and there was just uh, I had too much to say. And so Robin Hill ended up being uh, a general book on evangelism and it's packed with stories. It has whole sections that are just testimonies. It has uh, sections on apologetics and how to share faith with people of other uh, religions and all kind of, all, all kind of examples, a lot of examples. And then I tried to, to make sure that this book wasn't redundant. And so I have different stories in it and some different examples that are in it intentionally. And so between the two, uh, somebody would get a lot of examples and different approaches to evangelism, because I really think what, what people need to find is their custom. And this is a big part of what activating introverts want to introduce in this. An introvert needs to find their custom. Um, and uh, that really stood out to me. I can go into it if you want to, but I feel yeah, like what, that. What exactly is it? We got about 10 minutes left. So what's a custom? What a well, I saw this in the life of Jesus and actually the Apostle Paul as well, where it says that uh, as was his custom, Jesus went to the synagogue and he saw this kind of thing in the Apostle Paul's life. They, they had certain things that they did on a regular basis. They had things that they uh, that were that's just what they did. And I feel like um, and, and even in my own life's experience is evangelism can seem like this abstract thing where it's just the whole world and it can feel overwhelming. And if you don't know how to go out and, and you don't talk to everybody that you see, you don't feel comfortable doing that. The idea of kind of just going out into the whole world and they all need Jesus and it's all on your shoulders. Uh, it can feel very overwhelming to the place where somebody thinks well, I'm just not going to go out at all. And so a custom, what that does is it gives you a regular thing that feels authentic to you uh, in order to start that interaction with somebody. And so, uh, for example, I've made it a custom to minister to servers. I'll give you uh, specific examples on this. Um, servers are going through a lot of stuff and they're working hard. They're sometimes what I call the working poor because, uh, you know, you have people that are below the poverty line that are can't get a job for whatever reason. You have people that are serving that you know, may not be paying their bills, but they're trying and, and sometimes they make just a little bit too much to get whatever kind of government assistance is available. That's why I call them the working poor. And uh, I just have a heart for some of these people. And uh, but I wanted to have a meaningful way to interact with them, because in general, I, when I've said, you know, I've tried a lot of stuff. I've, I, I was called in the ministry by the audible voice of God when I was five years old and the Lord broke my heart for the lost. And I made a lot of mistakes. I started trying to share Jesus. I could go into that sometime. I shot a friend with a bow and arrow and there's all kinds of stories back, you know, things, a lot of things I've tried. Uh, and I found in general that um, I can do some things that make me feel better about that. I've tried something that don't actually connect with a person. 
And so I walk away going, well, at least, you know, I tried, but they didn't receive it. Uh, and I just, I found that it's important to be meaningful to someone. And so going back to the server deal, um, I lean into what is already kind of in their world. And one of the things that's in their world is bringing over your food, taking your, you know, your order, all, all that kind of part of it. And then they see people that pray uh, on a regular basis over their food. And so I started leaning into that. And when they brought over the food, I would say, hey, listen, I'm about to do something you've seen happen a million times. I'm about to pray for my food. And, you know, they just kind of look at you like, oh, OK. And uh, and I say, but reason I'm saying this is because I'm wondering what's going on in your life that I can include on my prayer. And Ren, I can't even tell you the stories just from that one question. I've had people sit down at the table with me. I've had people started weeping. Servers are going through so much and they're trying hard. All of a sudden, just tears start pouring down their face. And they say, I can't believe that you asked me that. Just asking, what can I throw in on my prayer while I'm praying over my food? Um, and what happens from that is a spiritual conversation becomes natural. And that's what I feel like a lot of introverts want, is they want an evangelism that feels authentic and they want it to feel like it's natural. And so I introduced it in this way. And I've seen so many people come to Jesus just because I offered to pray for them when I pray for my food. And so by the end of, uh, you know, I, I'll pray for them and I'm mindful of my surroundings. They might be watching several other tables. So I, I don't try to hold them up. I don't make them stand there when I pray. Uh, I leave how they respond up to them. Uh, and so I've all the things I just told you about, that was completely up to them. I didn't say, hey, why don't you sit down with me? Uh, that was just on their part. And I've had people walk away, they're doing their things, and I pray, and they come back and go, thank you so much for praying for that. They'll open up and share something that's really dear to their heart. And all the while, I'm asking God to speak to me, to show me something for them, so that when they bring back over the bill at the end, and you know, we might be, depending on how busy they are, chatting all through the meal, just back and forth as they're doing stuff, um, or not just depends on it's all it's always different just depends on that person's personality and i let them run the interaction i don't try to hold them up and uh and but when they bring the bill i'll thank them again thanks for letting me pray for something for you that really means a lot and they're like oh no thank you and i said listen you know this might sound weird but you know i was praying for you and i felt like god showed me something for you and right yeah. there I've already asked God to show me, give me a prophetic word or maybe a word of knowledge for healing. And whatever that is, I go from there and it's so natural because it was brought up in a way that was already happening, already a way that they're used to uh, and just connected that super to their natural in a way that was uh, a part of their culture and environment. And so that's one that, that's one way I've made that a custom. And I've seen so many people come to Christ just by asking them that one question. So that's one, but I've got lots of examples in the books that, that well, would yeah, help that's so out. That's so good. So like quickly, uh, just like a couple of customs, what, what's some of the customs you found that people have said have maybe worked for them? Maybe not your custom, but you know, I have my own custom I'll share, but I want to hear just like a handful of like what could be an example of some other customs that people could do. Well, you know, we all have this gift of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus that is just incredible for our lives. I call it our secret weapon. And uh, that you don't have to be the biggest personality in the room. You just have to see people. 
And when you see somebody that has an obvious problem, they have a their arm in a, a sling or they're walking with a crutches or whatever, you see an obvious problem, you have a connecting point right there that you can approach someone. Uh, and it's not abstract and it's not based off your personality. Anybody can do it. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think grandmothers can do anything they want. I think grandmothers can get away with anything. There's a lot of grandmothers out there that kind of disqualify themselves. But listen, grandma, if you're watching me, you can do anything you want. You can go up to him and say, come here, son. And they'll be like, yes, ma'am. I'm like, you can get away with whatever you want as a grandma. That's and, so and women, you can get away with anything too. Like it's a, it's, you have such, you have such advantage in that area for, for a guy in general, people are kind of suspicious a little bit. It takes a moment to be kind of off guard and like, you know, is this a safe interaction is what they're looking for. Yeah. And uh, so I have to be mindful of that when I interact with somebody to make sure they feel safe in it. But if you're a woman uh, or you're a grandmother, like, man, you should be leading so many people to Jesus. You can do so much. So you see somebody with an obvious problem, then you go up to that person and you say, excuse me, I'm sorry to interrupt your day, but I noticed that your arm is in a sling. Can you tell me what happened? And then you listen to what their story is. What happened? Why, why are they injured? And then you can empathize with that. Say, I'm really, that doesn't sound fun at all. Or whatever your personality is. And say, and here's a, and here's a key phrase for everybody. This might sound weird, but you should just practice that on your own. This might sound weird, but because here's the deal. The supernatural is weird. Can we just be honest about that? The Come supernatural on. is weird. Uh, and now here's what I tell people. The supernatural is weird all by itself. It doesn't need our help. Like we don't need to be extra weird on top of it. Uh, and But the reason it's weird is because it's outside of somebody's somebody's experience and their frame of reference. But, it, you know, it's completely normal from God's perspective. Right. So to them, it's weird. And so if you go, if you're, you're looking for how to transition in that moment, you can say this might sound weird. But sometimes when I pray for people, they get better. And, you know, could I say a quick prayer for you? Another thing to practice is the word quick. You're not there to do a sermon and pray all the Bible verses that you know, uh, but a quick prayer. Can I say a quick prayer for you? And I cover some of this in the book, How to Pray for People in Public. And I've seen a lot of people that get healed out just while I'm I'm going to different places. And uh, and it's it's a really fun experience. That's a that's a custom that I've made is, is just praying for people for healing. Uh, and I look for people to prophesy as well. I believe that God wants to talk to people. And so, so I ask him for prophetic words. So yeah, as an introvert, you don't have to spend hours praying for someone or all this length of time. You can have very meaningful short bursts. It doesn't have yeah. to be long-winded, which which makes them feel like they're sucked into this extrovert world, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that's so valuable. Um, uh, absolutely. So with the couple of minutes we have left, we have like three or four minutes. Uh, is there anything that's on your heart? Like what's happening in this season, what you're doing a ministry that can equip and train people and release them. I know that your heart is to see more people activated in evangelism let, let, real quickly. Let me tell you my culture, uh, uh, or my, um, custom. I love that word custom rather than culture. That's so true. Uh, and 
for, for me, a lot of times my issue is that I struggle with the conversation starter. Not that I can't, I don't, I don't want mm -hmm. to, I just, I just don't want to invade someone and I know I should. So I developed a, a t-shirt that I wear that on the back just says, has this nice little statement that says, Hey, dear person behind me, do you know that Jesus loves you? And it has this whole little paragraph about the person behind me. And then it says from the person in front of you. And people will literally stop me from turning around so they can take a picture of my shirt or <laughs> they'll start asking me questions or they'll say, oh, I love your shirt. Well, they've initiated a conversation. Right. And right. so it's so easy for me to say, oh, thanks. Hey, mm -hmm. man, is there anything I can pray for you for? Yeah. And it yeah. just starts. A con I, I, mm -hmm. I was I was at breakfast with a group of pastors. And this uh, grandma came up to me and she tapped me on the shoulder and she said, oh, I love your shirt. Can I take a picture? And I let her take a picture. And then I said, can I pray for you? And, and she said, yes. And I started to pray for her and I was able to give her a prophetic word. She's standing in there at breakfast at eight in the morning, just bawling, you know, yeah. just bawling because yeah. I've spoken to her life and I've prayed for her because she liked my shirt. Right. And so well, I've got that in the book as well. Yeah. I've got that in the book as well as that some introverts have a real hard time interrupting somebody's day. And so I suggest why not do something that causes someone to interrupt your day? And I have that as well. I have, I have some shoes that so I, I have them intentionally because uh, people will ask me and give a compliment of my shoes. And I've made it a practice, a custom that if somebody complimented my shoes, that I'll give them a prophetic word, trusting that God will speak to me, but I've just made it, God, I'm wearing this on purpose. And uh, somebody says something then I'm using that they've interrupted me. So this is a chance to say something. And I'll just say something like, that's really nice that you said that. Now I like to say something nice back and I feel like God showed me something for you. Boom. That's a, you don't have to do a whole long thing. You have one, one sentence. And I feel like a lot of introverts, if they know one, one or two sentences to say they're in and I actually give those in the books and this there, in this situation, say this and I give very practical ways to get started in an interaction with somebody. That's amazing. All right. Well, in the couple, two minutes that we have left, just anything that's on your heart that you want to share or talk about in this season? Well, I'm really excited about what God is doing. And I want to see all of these introverts. There are so many people you deeply love Jesus. And, uh, and I want to see you see more people come to Christ than you've ever seen in any time in the history of your life. And uh, I also want to give a special shout out to my wife. We're about uh, 20 years in now, almost about celebrate our 20 year anniversary. And we have a 13 year old girl and an eight year old girl and a two year old boy and uh, two that are in heaven out of miscarriage that we love. We call them Hope and Summer. Uh, we also pastor an amazing church, the church at New Bern in North Carolina. Love our church. And uh, we ordained with Global Awakening and have Life Ministries International, which is connected with Full Gospel Evangelistic Association. Uh, and I'm just excited about the people that I get to run with. And I believe that God is, is anointing you. God is equipping you. God is empowering you to see people come to Jesus. And I want to help you do that. Amen. That's so good. Now, is your wife still playing piano? Oh, yeah. Do yes. music? I just she say is. that because, like, I told the story about being mad at you for making me uh, go out and minister. And what people don't know is I went over to your house and helped you move your piano. 
Uh, but it wasn't just out of the kindness of my heart. It was to make up for being a jerk behind your back. <laughs> I was like, I feel bad. I was all mad. I'm going to go help him move his piano. <laughs> You're good. You're good. <laughs> ben, I appreciate you being on DNA of a Dangerous Church. You guys, once again, go grab his book. It's on Amazon right now. You can hold it up there and grab it and uh, make sure you grab the book, Activating Introverts in Evangelism. It's available everywhere. If you have a ministry at church that does outreach, you need to equip those ones, especially the introverts, but all of them will be equipped with that book. It's a great tool for each one of them to have to help them in evangelism. We need to be fulfilling the Great Commission. We need to get out there and share the gospel, and this will equip you to do it without being so terrified of it. So I appreciate you being on here. Stay with us, and uh, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of DNA of a Dangerous Church. Thank you for listening to DNA of a Dangerous Church. Be sure to subscribe to the show on charismapodcastnetwork.com or iTunes, Spotify, Google, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Follow Pastor Ren Shuffman on social media and join our mailing list for exclusive bonus training content at www.ffc.church/dangerous. slash